On this episode of the podcast, we name our top five NBA teams so far in this young season. We also talk about the multiple trades that went down in the NFL, one of them being Demarius Thomas to the Houston, Texas. But was it the right move? But you have a player like Patrick Peterson who may or may not have been available. If you got to give up a three and a four or two and a four to go get that man, do it. you have to do it. That's re- that's a real difference to your team. If you look at Thursday night, the Texans had a guy named Jamison, number 31. They just had catch that I don't know. And we watch football all the time. Like, yeah. but we love the Texans. Right. If we see someone on the field that we don't know, it's a problem. Right, right, right. And the whole secondary is filled with people we don't know. God forbid if Cream Jackson goes down, we're going to have a secondary of straight-up practice squad players. Other than Tyron Matthew, it would just be that. I just, to me, the trade deadline, I understand why they got the receiver because the offense is the team. But at the same time, you needed a DP. So if you were able to kick the tires on Des Bryant and use that fourth round pick to get a cornerback, I think that would have been the better route to go. You're tuned into the new Channel Sports Podcast, the ultimate sports talk podcast. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the new Channel Sports Podcast. You are on with Oeni. I am one of the hosts on today's show. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, please do not hesitate to subscribe or to follow us. You can do that on our website, newchannelsports.com, or you can go to newchannelsports.podbean.com to follow us. New Channel is spelled N-U-C-H-A-N-N-E-L. What is the deal, Chris? Chris, you sitting all the way across from me. You look good, sir. How's it going, man? What's good, homie? You came in a little hot today. I don't have my headphones on, but you you was a little hot. <laughs> man, I always try to sound excited, man, especially since, you know, we got some big news is, you know, Houston Texan fans and all that, you know. Okay. So, you know, Trey, Trey is not available right now. Trey is a very, very busy man. He always has something out there he's doing, so he's not there. I'm sorry, are you? your cowboy fan and your laker nation fans but uh he's not available today okay so no shout out today you <laughs> no know you just out. gave a shout out i mean you know i in a you know offbeat kind of way maybe i did okay but i, I gave more of a tray shout out okay. than anything else so so I'm that's what that. i did that's what i did so you doing good sir i'm doing good let's get let's get this going let's get right into it man demarius thomas is gonna be a houston texan why do you feel about that? I mean, you know how I feel about we've talked about Debarius, you know, on yeah. the podcast and off the podcast. I'm not too big of a fan. Yeah. But I do like the fact that the Houston Texans, they're in it to win it. They went and got them wide receivers. Not the one I wanted. Ooh. I wanted Deshaun Jackson. Okay. That's the one I wanted. Yeah. I want someone to fill that void that Will Fuller is not gonna have, but they they went on and got somebody. And that's a big point. They got somebody. The Texans normally don't make big moves. The only move they made that I can remember during trade seasons getting rid of Brown, but that was more of a just to get rid of what they thought at that time was a nuisance. Like you said, this year they made a move to show everybody, saying, hey, we're going for it. Right. All right. So what do we think about Demarius Thomas? Uh, I mean, it's he's, a, he's obviously a better receiver than anybody on our roster other than Nuke. Yeah. So that's obviously an upgrade. You didn't give up too much with a fourth round pick. So that the the 
I guess the draft pick that you give up wasn't a big deal. Like you said, you wanted to replace Will Fuller with somebody who is like Will Fuller. Will Fuller, right. <laughs> right? Exactly. And Deshaun Jackson would be perfect. But from the Texans' perspective, I, I don't know what the Buccaneers are asking. I knew it wasn't going to happen when Fitzmagic came back this week and took over for Jameis. And we'll talk about that later. But the connection that Fitz, Fitzmagic has with Deshaun Jackson, I figured if they were going to trade him, it was going to be the Bucks would be asking for a little too much. Yeah, and the I, Texans probably didn't want to do that. Yeah, I, I can agree with that. At least they have somebody there now. Let's say they didn't make a trade. Yeah. They were going to be, you know, rolling coverage to the side of, of Nuke, double covering him all day. Now they got to kind of think about it. It's going to be very important for Demarius Thomas to get into this system and get going quickly. Yeah. So that the rest of the league knows that he's going to be effective yeah. as a Houston Texan. Which Demarius Thomas's best years were when Peyton Manning was a quarterback, right? Okay, wait. That's everybody's best years. Okay, <laughs> okay, that's Manning's fine. A quarterback. But other than that, who has he had throwing him the ball? Um, he's had Brock Osweiler. Garbage. He's had okay. Case Keenum. Case Keenum is decent at best. Right. So he hasn't really had a, a a quarterback with the talents that Deshaun Watson has. Yeah. So if Deshaun Watson, it's going to be a little bit different. You know, he's not Will Fuller. He doesn't have that speed, but at least he's going to have, you know, he has route running. His hands are a little bit suspect as well. Uh, a little bit suspect. Yeah, I mean, you know, as a Houston Texan fan, I'm glad they went out there and got somebody. Yeah. I'm not, in, you know, excited about it. But if he can go out there and prove that maybe he's a little bit better than what we think because of the quarterbacks that he's had throwing him the ball, yeah, then that's, we'll see. Obviously, I think he's, what, 30 years old now? He's, he's lost a step. He's not the same player uh, that had that speed in the game where he had Tebow throwing him the ball in the playoffs when he ran away from the Steelers' defense to win that game. He's not that guy anymore. But a, a part of that play is still there, a big guy, a, a possession receiver. And like you said, you can't roll coverage all the way to Nuke with him there. And I think with the Texans not getting a speed wide receiver, it tells me what they feel about the help. And ability of Kiki Kuti mm-hmm. or Kuti. Mm-hmm. Because obviously he's not Will Fuller, but he's still a guy who can stretch the field really quickly. For the for sake of comparison, he's almost like the Texans is Tyreek Hill. Now, is he at Tyreek Hill's level? No. No. But if we can use him in that way. Right. And I think the Texans see him, the hamstring injury is not something that's gonna hold him out for a long time. So think about it like this. If Kiki Kuti comes back healthy. And he's able to run the routes that the Texans want him to run, which is basically the Tyreek Hill, the Cole Beasley's being in the slot and dominating. You can even put with Demarius Thomas there. You can put Hopkins in the slot more often. Right, right. I mean, the 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 variety of things that they can do. I'm getting more excited the more I talk well, well, about the, this. The reason why I'm not so excited about it is because who we're talking about here? Who's the head coach of the Houston Texans? Bob. Bob. Yeah. Bob is the head coach. Yeah. Is Bob going to have the insight? To look at all these different things and be able to produce without Will Fuller being there. Yeah. I don't know. I can't for sure tell you. But there is, you know, as you talked about it, the excitement was a little bit there because Demarius uh, Thomas is definitely a possession wide receiver. Yeah. He's going to go down there. You need that, you know, three and six. Maybe you can throw him the ball, get that possession. It's going to be interesting to say the least. And I think Kiki will play more of a role going down the line. As a Houston Texan. No I doubt. agree. I agree. But let me ask you this. So when I saw the trade, Texans acquire Demarius Thomas, it made me think about Des Bryant. Des Bryant is younger. He's younger. He has better he, career numbers, I think. 
Is it better career numbers? Uh, if, if, if it is, is they're probably close. Okay. They're probably close. Des Bryant's definitely hungrier <laughs> for a lot of reasons because he's on the streets right now looking right. for a job. Right. Why not kick the tires there? You can be accent about a lot of teams, right? But if we're, if we're specifically talking about we're the, talking about the Texans right. here and they needed a number two receiver. Right. And they needed a number two receiver and they went away from someone that was like Will Fuller. Yeah. So if you decide to get Demarius Thomas, who is a possession wide receiver, like we said, Des Bryant is a possession wide receiver. You could even make the argument before Des Bryant left that maybe he was better than Demarius Thomas. It could have been an argument. I'm not For saying sure. that he was or wasn't, but it was an argument. For sure. You know, the Texans, they're, they're just not that organization. They're not going to make that move. The Patriots, the Bengals, the Raiders, those organizations that go ahead and try and kick those tires. Even the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they, they let them go. Those are organizations that take those risks on players like that. Yeah. The Texans just don't do that. They're not going to do that. And I, I think he would be a good fit, especially for this year. I think it would have been a better move, honestly. And then you don't have to give up the draft. Right, pick, right. And then you may be able to use that fourth rounder to go get the position that mm-hmm. they really need, which is a cornerback. Yeah. And they didn't do that. But so, you know, we talk sports. We're not really too into it. I don't know what's going on. You know, there might be some people that are really inside the NFL that know, hey, the Texans did make a call. I doubt that. Bruh. This is what, I, I, I guess Brian needs to take what he can take. And, and that's the thing now. Brian Gaines, so far as the Texans GM, has proven that he's going to at least make calls, right? So I can give him that. But you have a player like Patrick Peterson who may or may not have been available. If you got to give up a three and a four or two and a four to go get that man, do it. You have to do it. That's re- that's a real difference to your team. If you look at Thursday night, the Texans had a guy named Jamison, number 31. They just had cats that I don't know. And we watch football all the time. Like, yeah. but we love the Texans. Right. If we see someone on the field that we don't know, it's a problem. Right, right, right. And the whole secondary is filled with people we don't know. God forbid, if Cream Jackson goes down, we're going to have a secondary of straight-up practice squad players. Right. Other than Tyron Matthew, it would just be that. I just... To me, the trade deadline, I understand why they got the receiver because their offense is the team. But at the same time, you needed a DB. So if you were able to kick the tires on Des Bryant and use that fourth-round pick to get a cornerback, I think that would have been the better route to go. Yeah, I think um, Ha Clinton Dix uh, was actually traded yeah. also. That could have been someone we, we could have got. I think he was traded actually for a fourth-round pick as well. Patrick Peterson, he was in a trade market, but... The Cardinals talked to him, and he decided he wanted to stay with the Cardinals. So. I, don't see, I don't think that's what happened. I think he said he wants to get traded, and the Cardinals like, we ain't trading you, homie. So you might well, well, either way, either way, he was on the market. Either way, the Texans were going to get him. But my, my thing is, did they make the call? That's all I'm saying. I'm pretty sure they did, man. With, I don't with, know, man. With the way they're they're hurting at this, in the secondary. Secondary is bad. Yeah, and the caliber of player that Patrick Peterson is, I'm pretty sure they made that call. Hey, man. All I'm saying – I'll give the new GM the benefit of the doubt, but I was more looking forward to seeing a, a cornerback more so than wide receiver. And the thing with the Texans is they have this, this aura about themselves, like we conduct ourselves with a clean locker room and all this nonsense. And it's just, they haven't won anything. You can't act like you have this superior, clean organization when you don't win. You got to win first. Well, That's the problem. That's why they got Demarius Thomas. He's a good locker room guy. He's mm-hmm. going to be a good presence. Bro, I don't care about that. I want to see y'all win. Win. I mean, it starts somewhere. That's That was their foundation. 
they wanted everybody to know that the, the Houston Texans were a, a clean cut organization. I, I don't have a problem with that. Um, you're looking more so at you want them to take risk with players that may not be locker room guys or stuff like that. And I don't think they have to go that far. And I'm not saying Des Bryant is a bad guy. Yeah. I think that would make a good risk, honestly, because yeah. he was hungry. Yeah. You didn't have to give him a long contract. Hey, come in one year, two years, maybe. That's it. Produce, then go from there. I, I think it would have been a good move. I really do. And, and it's not just that, though. For the Texans specifically, on offense, the captain is clearly Deshaun Watson. Mm-hmm. That guy hadn't gotten in trouble ever. And right, then on right. the other side, you got J.J. Watt, and he's right. Mr. Football, Mr. Right. America. Right, right. You can bring a guy who has problems into the locker room with that type of foundation, and the perfect team to look at in juxtaposition is the Rockets. Rockets do it all the time. Sometimes it blows up. Right. <laughs> it don't work out. I'm looking at this year. Oh, well, no. Well, well, no. But the point is you take those risks because, hey, you haven't won. And when Darren Moore explains, it's like, bro, I'm trying to win first. So I had to take calculated risks. Well, the Texans don't seem to do that. Well, let's not take, let's not poo-poo on the Texans too much. They've taken some risk here in the past, you know, eight years or so, right? They they brought in Ed Reed. That's not a that risk. Blew, that blew up in their but price. But that wasn't a risk. But they brought him in, though. But that wasn't a okay, risk. Okay, that's though. fine. So you're talking about a risky player? Is well, he talking about? I'm, I'm talking, exactly. A player that some people oh, on so the we, outside may say he's not such a locker room guy. Who, but he's who, really talented. Who are we looking at, though? Who are we looking at that that you're trying to do that with? Like Des, Des besides Br- Des Bryant, I know Des Bryant's recent. One. Okay. I'm a recent one, but it's been going on for years. Let me ask you this: Can you name a free agent that the Texans have brought in that wasn't clean cut to the T? I mean, to the T. But name us name a situation where the Texans were in where like they should have got a certain person that wasn't clean cut and they didn't go get him. Oh, there's a number. Okay, let's. Even though last season were really bad. You had a couple of players out there. Mm-hmm. Robert Griffin was on the Browns, so he was hurt. But I'm saying there are certain quarterbacks you could have gone after like a Robert Griffin, but mm-hmm. they didn't. Now, would he have done better than Tom Savage? I think so. Will we still end up with a horrible draft pick? Probably. But you still go do that. Right. And they just don't seem to make but those But Robert moves. Griffin is clean cup too, though. Yeah, but the Texans won't touch him. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't know. Maybe he doesn't even want him. But he, I think well, he's clean well, cut. He, I don't know if he's – remember he had that – Back and forth with Shanahan. He's kind of talked his way out of a team. The yeah. Redskins. The Texans don't want to deal with that. They don't want any problem with anybody challenging their authority. Because <sighs> the inmates can't run the prison. <laughs> hey. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> well, we'll see. We'll see. So, I, in in hindsight, or I mean, not in hindsight, but with everything being said, Demarius Thomas to this team, we're going to find out a lot about him as a football player in a, you know, as his season progresses for the Texans. Let me ask you a question. If I had to, if I had to answer with one word, Demarius Thomas is what? Average. <laughs> I, I, you know, I've never really been a Demarius Thomas fan. You know this yeah. already. Yeah. I don't think he has the greatest of hands. Um, he's on the wrong. He's, he's 30 now. The Texans, at least they went on and got something. And that's all I can ask for. With Deshaun Watson there, I think he has kind of that pain man effect. Mm-hmm. He's going to make your your wide receiver better. Look at Will Fuller. Will Fuller was not doing anything yeah. under Brock Osweiler. So maybe when he has, I mean, this is probably the second best quarterback he's had. You know, this is arguably the second best quarterback he's had besides Peyton Manning right now. I mean, it's obviously the second best. So. I, just, I just want to say arguably because, you know, there's some people out there, you know, this, oh, he hasn't really played yet, you know. But I think he's the second best quarterback 
that Demarius Thomas is going to play with right now. I, I don't think that's even close. I don't. What, what is their argument? Trevor Simeon, Case Keenum, Case Keenum, some people, Tebow. Some, you, you'll be surprised if he's Case Keenum and Tebow fans, man. Yo, I, I, I listen. <laughs> we in Houston. I ain't got nothing negative to say about Case Keenum, <sighs> but uh, no, it's a no for me, dog. All right, so a lot of trades went down the other day. Ty Montgomery was also traded. <laughs> They just said, hey, Aaron Rodgers said, get this guy out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he did. Once he did not have the opportunity to close that game out. So here's a story. If you don't know the story, Ty Montgomery was sent out to return a kickoff. The Packers said, bro, do not run the ball out. Take a knee. Allegedly. 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 Because he has a different story. Okay. But he's gone now. So that's what they said. They said, (laughs) take a knee. Not only did the boy not take a knee, he ran it out, fumbled, the Rams recovered, and the Packers lost. Aaron Rodgers had no chance to go out there and at least give the Packers a chance to win. Because I do think if Aaron Rodgers was out there, they drive down the field and they win that game. And, And that was the worst part about Ty Montgomery's play. He didn't just rob the Packers. He robbed America. Basically, anybody watching that football game, it was a good game. Mm-hmm. And when he did that, you're just left with the feeling like, bro, what are you doing? And you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers sometimes has a look on his face of pure disgust like he's going to slap you. I've never seen that look from any other quarterback. Because most other quarterbacks, when Peyton Manning is really pissed, he'll kind of jog the sidelines, but he won't really look at you. Tom Brady may get into it with you, but Aaron Rodgers. What, Tom Brady may get into well, it with him, you, him, but not with you, not on the field the way Aaron Rodgers what? does. What? Aaron Rodgers. Have you seen Tom no, Brady? No, but Tom Brady gets it. It's almost like he'll yell at a coach, not necessarily a player. Okay. Think about it. All the explosions he's had is not really directed towards a player. It's always a coach. But Aaron Rodgers will stare you down. Mm-hmm. He won't even say nothing to you directly. He'll stare you down, almost to look at the heavens and say, "All right, you're you're done here. You're done." Yeah, I mean, what he did, though, was inexcusable. It, it really was. Um, He's just trying to make a play. Nah, bro. Nah, bro. You know, I understand that. You're trying to make a play, but you better make sure you make that play. Yeah. Because you know what's on the line. Yeah. You really do. Now, let's say he ran it out, he gets tackled, and they start at the the five-yard line or something like that. Then he can go to the sideline and say, Coach, man, I tried to make a play, Coach. Coach might not be, you know, as upset, especially if Aaron Rodgers somehow finds a way to drive them down the field yeah. for a game from Kiko. Yeah. But he didn't do that. He fumbled the ball and cost <laughs> him the game. It was over. It's been it's been a weird season for the Packers right now. You had the the game where Mason Cosby missed, missed the four field goals, goals. Yeah. and then you had this. Two very winnable games for the Packers. And then they have a tie. That they should have lost. Right, right. So, you know, the Packers, I think the Packers are still in good shape, especially in that division. Minnesota, oh, they got drumlined against the the, the, the Saints. So the Saints are definitely contenders. Trey, the Saints are contenders, bro. Just so you know. But that's that's a bold prediction right there. That's that, a bold statement you just said. You want to repeat it for the <laughs> if, if you think it's a bold statement. Very bold. Like no one knew the Saints were good. No one knew their defense was going to be this good, probably. Well, their defense had a good game. Yeah. Let's but not, they, let's, they, they've been consistent, bro. No, they've been consistently they've been garbage. No. Come no, on, sir. Chris. Why would they trade for Eli Apple? They've been consistently garbage, but oh. they've had two decent games. All right. Speaking of Eli Apple, these are the trades that have happened 
um, in the last couple of days. Oh, look at that transition. You're getting pretty good. Look at that. You Speak, like that? Speaking of Eli Apple. You like that? <laughs> speaking of Eli Apple, uh, these are the trades that have happened in the last. I can't do that broadcast voice yet. Yeah. But uh, Golden Tate is going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Josh Gordon, of course, went to the Patriots. Carlos Hyde is a Jaguar. Of course, we talk about Amari Cooper going to the Cowboys. Uh, you mentioned Eli Apple to the Saints. Damian Harris to the Lions. Demarius Thomas to the Texans. Dante Fowler to the Rams. The Rams are just, they're stacking it up, bro. They know. They don't have to pay Jared Goff yet. They're going to stack it up. That 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 pass rush is going to be too much, dude. The, the, Rams, the Rams might win it all this year. Well, that's the, they're trying to put as least pressure on Jared Goff as, as possible. possible. And they're doing it. Yeah. I mean, when you're back there at quarterback and you have all the weapons that he has, it's, it's going to be easy to, to play quarterback. Yeah. It's just that simple. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So let's talk about Jameis Winston a little bit. We have talked about Jameis Winston a couple times on this podcast. We have talked about his inconsistency on the football field. Uh, he was benched the other day for uh, – Fitz Magic, he almost led them back into that game for yeah. a win, but they fell short. You think Jameis Winston has played his last game as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer? I think he has. So I was looking up Jameis Winston's stats since he's coming to the NFL, mm-hmm. and they've been bad mm-hmm. as far as turnovers are concerned. Right. He is a turnover monster. He leads the league in fumbles and only playing three games this season. How's that possible? He's just. He's too inconsistent. You've called him that for a while. And the problem is he's one of those players where you feel dumb giving him up because the next three games he could have, he's always going to fumble and turn over the ball. So that's coming. But he can still have big numbers. And you may feel like you're going to regret it. But I I think he's done in Tampa Bay. No, I think he has to be done. Yeah. I think he needs a new location, start over, get some um, new head coaching, Um, hopefully somebody with an offensive mind. That can help him out. I'm still on the Jameis Winston bandwagon, as, as weird as that may sound. Uh, I, I just, I'm going to stay on this bandwagon until it completely falls off. I, I, I <laughs> <laughs> like this. He's there is no bus for him to drive. He's walking right now. Bro, so well, there is no. I, I, I'm, on his sho- I'm on his shoulders. All right, there you go. I like. I'm still ruining this guy out, Jameis. You can do it. Just hang in there. It, it, you know, being an NFL quarterback can be a roller coaster ride. It really can. One day everybody's praising you because you have this last second winning drive. The next day everybody's trashing you because you throw three interceptions in one game. Yeah. Jameis Winston had, was the number one overall pick, right? He was. Uh, the other quarterback that was there was Mariota. Yeah. I still think he's better than Mariota. I think once he finds a new destination, he gets um, some new enthusiasm. Someone there that's going to have his back 110%. Then he can do it. But Jameis is up to you, bro. Because you had oh, seriously, seriously, because I think I think Tampa Bay would have a little bit more patience with him if he didn't have all that off the field crap yeah. going on with him as well. And that's and that's the key right there. You know, a lot of good players have been kicked out of leagues because of off the field stuff. Antics. You're good, but because you got all this stuff going on, nobody wants to take a risk on you. Yeah. Somebody else is going to take a risk on Jameis Winston because the, the quarterbacks in the league, they're, they're, they're not a lot of good ones. So someone else is going to be out there taking a risk on them. Now, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not he does play. You know, Fitzpatrick is not the most durable quarterback ever. There might be a situation where he goes down and he might have to put Jameis Winston in. But I know if he does go in 
and he does get hurt, <laughs> they got to pay that boy. Yeah. That's what I know. So, so that's why I'm saying you shut him down. He's done. So if it's oh, magic, you shut him down. Oh yeah, if it's magic gets hurt, then I'm playing another backup. He's okay. not playing okay. anymore. Okay. He's not wearing you. the Tampa bit. Well, he can wear the uniform, but he's not coming in with the helmet. Well, let, let's say a, let's a say game. let's say Fitzpatrick puts him on a three four game winning streak. Yeah, right. Then he goes down, and you know your team has the opportunity to to maybe make the playoffs. Then they do have to take into consideration. Of bringing Jameis Winston, you still they don't they still well, do at, at that point you bring him in, but as an organization you got to make up your mind. We're not paying him twenty million dollars, right? You just can't do it. And you said something earlier. You said he's better than Mariota. I'm I'm, I'm saying that's not saying much, if anything at all, because he's just as pedestrian and inconsistent. And I don't think he'll get an opportunity. You said he needs to find a coach or a team that's one hundred ten percent behind him. He doesn't have those opportunities anymore. I think wherever he goes, he's going to be fighting for a job. And when you're fighting for your job, nobody's 110% behind you. If anything, they just want to see if you can perform. Well, that's that's great, too. Go somewhere, fight for that job, win that starting position, show the players there on that team that you're a leader. I've always looked at Jameis Winston as being a leader. See, the problem is I've never really done that. He sounds like a leader, but he don't walk yeah, like he, a leader. He, no, yeah, he talks to talk. Definitely. Yeah. When I see him out there, who riding with his players. You're talking about eating the W? Yeah, Have yeah. Have you seen that yeah. video? <laughs> <laughs> But, bro, you've got to walk to walk. And when you walk to walk, you got to do it off the field as well. Yeah. Because once you start doing all that dumb stuff off the field, your teammates are going to look at you differently. The reason why I don't think he's going to last in the NFL much longer is, think about it. He played in Florida State. He gets drafted. Same uh, state. They're 100% behind him. Despite off-field antics that he has, they still stick with him. I just... I don't see him lasting in the NFL for much longer. Unfortunately, he is talented, but I don't think he's that talented. Yeah, we, we've talked about this. I think me and Trey were on the podcast to talk about Jameis Winston um, to to an extent. And we did say, you know, he might be looking at a situation where he'll be out the league. And I definitely agree with you. I hope he gets one more shot. I really do. I hope he puts all this stuff behind him. He gets that one more shot. Take the offseason seriously. Yeah. Develop your skills. Yo, I would love to have him backing up Deshaun Watson. Mm, I know I don't know about that. I would. I, I want someone with just Sean Watson's skill set. You know, James Winston is not the, the, the Texans. The Texans don't do that. They don't. So yeah. I don't even know why, why would yeah. that even be but something they, to consider. But we just talked about taking risk. They're not gonna they're <laughs> not gonna get James Winston. How could you even say that? Yeah. You know they're not gonna get James uh, James Winston. Not gonna happen. Before we move on from the NFL stuff, you want to know the biggest trade of the day nobody's talking about? Not haha Clinton mm, Dinks. No. Did I mention the trade? No, you mentioned it. The biggest, the biggest one? Yeah. Out of all those trades? Let me see if I can go back and, and look at this. What is it? Which one is it? Well, I would say other than the Texans, which you are now, we both talk about that anyway. Mm-hmm. Golden Tate. Oh, yeah. Golden, that's, that Golden is Golden Tate trade. will be big. Yeah. That'll be big. No doubt. The way the Eagles run their offense, to have a complimentary receiver, to already have an Alshon Jeffrey who's finally back and healthy. Zach Ertz looks healthy. I can agree now with that. Now you have Golden Tate there running the routes that Golden likes to run. That's another type of Tyreek Hill type of player where you don't know where he's going to line up. You don't know what type of route he's going to run, but he typically beats you when he catches the ball and makes him another man miss. And the Eagles didn't even have that last season. Man. So let me ask you a question. Who do you think has uh, the better rest of their season, Demarius Thomas or Amari Cooper? Oh, wow. Oh, man. Well, it, it, to me, it ties in with the quarterback. 
It ties in with the quarterback, so in my opinion, it's Demarius Thomas. But that's really not such a – it's not a bold statement to me because I just – I'm really starting to see Dak Prescott as just being pedestrian. Right. Now, we'll see. And it's really about Amari Cooper, too. I mean, if he's a number one wide receiver, he's how old is he, 24? And he he was good in college. I watched him a whole bunch in Alabama. He's a good receiver, but he just seemed to regress in the NFL. If he is a true number one, then it has to be him, Amari Cooper. And, and quite frankly, if it's not him by the end of the season, that means it ended really poorly for the Cowboys. Okay. So let's talk about a little bit more football. We're talking some firings here. I know you heard about the Cleveland Browns firing yeah. Hugh Jackson. They also yeah. fired Todd Haley as well. Yeah. Uh, I heard there was some little inside beef between the two yeah. and all this other stuff. So they decided to get rid of both of them. I, me personally, I would have liked to see them get rid of Todd Haley and let Hugh Jackson continue the season as a head coach. But we already know head coach's lifespan in the NFL is, is not long. Um, and his, and he, I, his record in the past three years is no defense either. He, I mean, yeah, but it's, the team was garbage. Yeah, that's true. That but, team was really, really bad. Yeah, but you can't have the discourse you're having within your organization as well and have that together. Well, that's the problem. The, the, the organization is, for lack of a better word, they're they're garbage. And he just he was there and mm-hmm. he saw them through that. And now, when the light may be starting to come, how many overtime games have they played this year? Three or four? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're going to get rid of, rid of somebody, get rid of Todd Haley. That guy's a problem, by the way. Yeah, he's That's, always been a that guy's a problem. A nutcase. And, yeah. and what's funny is before this even happened, what did Ben Roethlisberger say? He said, I, "I think there's going to be some issues over there with Todd Haley." And the sad part is, if you watch Hard Knocks, it was really Hugh Jackson that went after Todd Haley to yeah. get him there to allow him to, to call the plays. And there's just issues. So if you're an NFL head coach and you have an OC available, I'm not touching Todd Haley. I yeah, no, no, no. He, he. I think the the this chance that he got here, um, with the Browns was his last shot. Because after, I think after he was the Chiefs head coach, you know, there was some. I, I'm not a fan of Todd Haley. No, I'm not. I'm not a fan I'm of him either. Not. I'm not. But I, I do think they should have gave uh, Hugh Jackson a, a, at least a season, finish the season out. E- even though the Browns were two five and one, they were having a positive year. They were in games, and I think that's they part were of the reason. I think it's part of the reason why they they fired him because they, they felt like they're better. I don't, I don't know why you would feel that way. You just went, what, 0 and Yeah, man, what, what, what do you think he wanted him to go in those eight games? <laughs> I mean, what, 7-1 and one or something hey, like man. that? I mean, I don't, I don't – but, you know, hey, I'm – Am, were some I, am people... I surprised? No. Yeah. I'm not going to be – I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not surprised. We already knew that coming into the season, we named coaches on the hot seat in the, on this podcast, and he was definitely one of those coaches on the hot seat. Yeah. So we're not surprised. Well, there, there are people out there – shout out to little Daryl. Who that this was the playoff team. So that's they they the dream is dead, Daryl. The dream is dead. That dream is done, son. (laughs) I'm sorry, bro. We love you, but hey, that dream is dead. I mean, hey. mine is dead too. My my bowl prediction is dead. Yours is dead. Trey's wasn't even born because that wasn't that was not a bowl prediction. The only bowl prediction that may be alive is yours, Chris. Yeah. And that was um, Gurley saying the touchdown record. But, but yeah. I don't think he's going to do that either. Well, I, obviously not after what he did on Sunday. <laughs> right, right. Rouch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just stating the obvious, my boy. I'm just stating the obvious, man. All right. So let's talk about another head coach that was fired from Cleveland as well. Tyron Lue is done as a Cleveland 
Cavalier coach. I don't think that was just either. I'm not saying that Tyron Lue is a great head coach. I never thought he was a great head coach. Um, he was only a head coach because of LeBron James. Yeah. That's the only reason. I'm glad he's got his opportunity in the NBA. But I would have gave him a little bit more time. That Cleveland Cavalier team is not that good. Besides Kevin Love, they don't have anything. So, I don't know. I guess they just want to go into a new direction. And Tyron Lue basically took the fall for it. Yeah. That's it. It's, it's, it's two things. So, the first thing is Dan Gilbert wanted to clean house. Let's be. That's obvious. Come on now. After six games, you fire LeBron's guy. The second part to that is why not just fire him during the offseason? Well, you couldn't do that because LeBron's just left. Then you look really bad. So let me just do it. Pull a Dan Gilbert, wait six games and say, oh, 0-6, you're fired. He wants to fire him from the jump. If he could have fired him in the offseason, he would have. So that's that. But the problem with the Cavs is they're one of the worst, the most poorly built rosters you can ever see. You can blame LeBron for something that'd be one to whatever. But the problem is when you're bad, you don't want to have certain good players on the team. Like you got to get rid of Kevin Love. I know he's hurt. They say he may be out for like a month, mm-hmm. but you got to just trade him and get whatever assets you can because you're 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 really bad. So just be completely bad. You can't be bad and have the 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 bill they have at the end of the season with so many players making such a large amount of money. You got to get rid of those contracts. No matter how you're able to do it, you get rid of them so you can truly start rebuilding. Yeah, I can agree with that. You know, now that you look at it, he really didn't have a chance there in Cleveland. Um, He had no shot. shot. I guess that's part of the LeBron James effect. I I think once LeBron James left, he knew, oh, his days were numbered in Cleveland. Oh, yeah, he had to know. He he knew. He was like, you know, hey. uh, Well, you know what? No, no, he did not know. Because if he truly knew, he would have been smart and just resigned. You think so? But I would have resigned. But but do you think another team would have took him on? Not as head coach, but I think he could have already jumped on another uh, team and been an assistant there. And, you know. But who does that? Who does that? What, what head coach does that? A head coach that just went to the finals. Yeah. You just led your team to the NBA finals. I'm resigned. Now I want to come onto another team and I want to be an assistant coach. Well, 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 let's put it like this. I don't know what type of opportunities he would have had had he resigned immediately. Maybe Detroit come calls. Maybe gets an interview or three or two, whatever the case is. But you would think. With this roster, I'm not going anywhere. It's just going to hurt my record. Everybody's going to say, after LeBron, look what you did. You might as well just resign. I don't think you saw it coming. Which is, for me, is more on him. Like, bro, how did you not see Nah, I, I think he saw it coming. I think. Then why would you stick around for that? Well, because of what I just said. He, he wasn't guaranteed a head coaching job somewhere else. I, think, I still think, at the end of the day, he can find an assistant head coaching job somewhere else in the league. Yeah. I don't think it's that big of a deal. And maybe, you know, he coaches... You know, really well, and the, the Cavaliers get off to a good start, and uh, you know, I, who, who, knows? who knows? Who <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what we're going to do right now is we're going to transition to NBA. Clay Thompson, fourteen three pointers, yeah, in a game, yeah. Who did he beat? His teammate, Steph Curry. Uh, I think he scored fifty-two points. In that game, I don't know how many minutes, but Clay Thompson's those two guys. You have the you probably have number one A and one B as far as the greatest shooters of all time on the same freaking team. Then you have KD, who you may be able to argue is the best. No, not you can't can't argue it. It's true. He's the best seven foot shooter of all time. Dirk, 
Dirk? No, nah, he's better than Dirk, bro. He's better as far as shooting wise. He's better than Dirk. Okay. Don't get me wrong, I love Dirk, yeah. but KD's better than Dirk, bro. Um, what what Clay Thompson was able to do that night, it just it just set the NBA on notice that the Golden State Warriors are still there. They still have all these integral pieces. Klay Thompson being one of those pieces, not only does he shoot the ball, but he plays defense as well on the other side of the court. And on most nights, he's playing against your number one guy. Yeah. And he's still out there shooting the ball like that. And not only that, it's just the mentality that these guys have. You know, after Steph Curry had his game-breaking um, performance, the game before that, he, he played like trash. Same thing with Klay Thompson. The game before this, I think it was like maybe one of nine. Yeah, he started like off that. the season slow. Yes. But they just, the confidence that they have in each other, in themselves, it's kind of scary. You know, today I almost thought to myself, they're winning. You know, we're both Houston Rockets fans. Yeah. Okay. We're both NBA fans. We've seen what's happened in the league. Um, right now, we'll talk about, you know, we're going to have our little power rankings after this. But the only other team that you can probably think of right now that has a chance would probably be the Raptors at this point in the season, right? At this point. If that. <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, if that. The Golden State Warriors are. And then no one's talking about Boogie. Boogie's going to be back. Well, Boogie's getting ejected from games where he's been playing. Hey, that's Boogie. Yeah. Boogie's always done that. Yeah. Boogie's going to talk. And we're talking about who might be the best player in the, you know, in that conference right now. We're looking at um, Anthony Davis. Once Boogie comes back, that kind of, they kind of, you know, cancel each other out. Yeah. I mean, that team is, if you don't know how loaded the Golden State Warriors are right now, because maybe they're thinking, you know, KD might not be here. Klay Thompson might not be here. Let's just go ahead and just get this over with right now. Let's get the shovel, put you boys in the grave, yeah. and end it. Because what Klay Thompson did the other night, it's not even that he did it. He did it again. It's not only that he did it, it's that his teammate did it too. It's not only that his teammate did it too, they're so unselfish. Clay, Clay Thompson out there, who's sending screens for him? Steph Curry. Who's out there throwing them passes? They're looking for this boy. KD's out there looking for him. KD is one of the most, if not the most elite scorer in the league. And he's looking for Clay Thompson. It's a wrap. <laughs> I talk myself into it's a rap, bro. But I, and, I mean, everybody knows this, but, but I mean, <laughs> I know it's a duh, but still, though, it's like the Rockets gave us false hope last year. I'm a no, Rockets okay, fan. Well, well, let's I'm not a say Rockets false fan. Okay. No, 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 it no, was no. Real hope. No, but, but look, false no. hope coming into the season. Okay, then that's what I'm talking okay. about. It was false hope. It, it, let's say the Rockets were on the on par the the them right now, seven and zero. You know, Carmelo's out there shooting three. <laughs> James Harden's out there, you know, Euro stepping to the basket. Yeah. Chris Paul's doing his thing. Then maybe I might think a little bit differently, but man, what I saw the other night with Klay Thompson and all of them playing as a unit, and that's the thing, though, the way they play as a unit. That's that, It was a beautiful basketball. Man, go ahead, Chris. I, I, can't, even, I can't even talk uh, about that. I mean, you talking about the Warriors are pregnant with <laughs> you were just going in. I'm not all. I'm not all over it like that. Uh, oh, oh man, it, it was impressive. It was obviously yeah, a very man. impressive performance. I, I did just make love hey, to the, the Golden State you Warriors. Did a mo nap I did, man. I'm you sorry, did a mo man. Nap. I'm sorry. Hey, it's but all they, good. they, well, you deserve it. You just if, <laughs> if, if the Rockets 
if the Rockets would show me that, bro, yo, y'all would hate me, dog. Y'all would hate me. I saw the halftime score. I was at home scrolling through my phone. Did you know the score at halftime? Nah, bro. It oh, was, it was 92 points at halftime. But it wasn't even just that. It was 92 to 50. They made them seem like they were playing an AAU team. Because that's what they can do to you when they get locked in. But this is the problem with the Warriors. They're obviously going to win. That's duh. But when you have nights like that, it's just hard to compete every night. It's just hard. But we talked about that last season as to why they didn't have the number one seed. Ever since the year that they won 70, was it? 73 73, 73 and 9. They lost the championship. They reevaluated how they're going to play the regular season. There's no point in us running out of gas in the playoffs when we know we're the best team in basketball. Yeah. Let's put on cruise control, put it back on during the playoffs. Yeah. They might not do that this year. They might go ahead and say, like, well, let's, let's run it and kick everybody out of the gym. Go ahead, though, man. Well, that, that's they, my point even making that comment is they can still put it on cruise control and win 68 games this season, close to 70 wins this season because they're that talented. And the thing is, when Boogie gets back, they're going to be working on putting things together. So they're going to be a little more focused when normally they may not even be as focused during the playoffs. I mean, during the regular season. So, I mean, they're going to run away with this thing this season. That's just pretty much what it is. Yeah, man, it's, it's kind of sad. It ain't really sad. I ain't getting them pregnant like you. I'm just, I'm just saying facts, bro. <laughs> hey, man, uh, let me let me be real with you, bro. You know, I'm not going to deny that I, I didn't just impregnate all these people in, in, in Golden State, but – do you remember what you were looking at when you saw LeBron James in his prime, Michael Jordan in his prime, Hakeem Olajuwon in his prime? Whether you like the Golden State Warriors or not, you're looking at the same exact thing. Yeah. And when this unit is disabled three or four years down the line, you're going to go back and be like, wow, what did I witness? Because this is, this is, if not the greatest team, this is one of the greatest teams of all time. Well, it's definitely the greatest of the last 20 years. Yeah. And so and that's what I'm looking at. When I see it and I see all the weapons that they have, I just, I'm like, man, this, this, cause you put Clay Thompson on any other team, he might be the best player on that team. Right now, you can argue. Any other team, but I would say 50% most, of the league. Okay, right, sure. right, right. And even, even at that, let's just say you put him, um, let's say you put him with the Lakers right now. I mean, he's the second best player on that team, right? Better than Lonzo? Yeah, right now, I think because, because of the system that they play and because they have KD and Steph Curry as the main guys, that's why Klay Thompson doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. Because if you look at his numbers, they really should be a lot higher if he was the main guy. Uh, potentially. Potentially. No doubt. Potentially. No because we've had this conversation before. Yeah, I don't think he's James Harden. Well, this is another thing too, though. I think he's just as good as James Harden. Well, I understand and You that. know why I'm saying that? Because a lot of people that. do not want to put defense into the equation. And defense is in the equation. But the reason why I say I don't think he's James Harden, the difference is with James Harden, you can come on a team, even if they're not good, and get yours. With Klay Thompson, he doesn't. he's starting to get the handles, but he's going to need some people to put the, the, the ball in motion and get it in his spots to score, which make it a little more difficult. Yeah, but I don't, I don't think that he's not capable of doing that, though. I think that because well, of the situation I, 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 he's in. I, I hear what you're saying, but I don't know if his numbers necessarily go, go up. Because if they're scheming to beat him, I don't think he's scoring as much. I just don't. Because he doesn't have the skill set like a James Harden would has. 
James Harden is so skilled that it's just, it doesn't matter what type of defense you put in front of him, he's going to score. With Klay Thompson on his own team, I don't know that. Yeah, we don't know. That's my but, point. Yeah, you're know. right. But I think that if you had to ask me, put a gun to my head, what do you think? I think he can do it. I mean, I think he can do it. I, I think he would put up good numbers, but I think he'd be look more like Bradley Bill, less like James Harden. Nah, man, he's not. He's not even a, him and Bradley Bill are in the same class. No, they're not. They're not. Because, <laughs> they're not. Because he but, but, he, but for, but he shows up that, for big games. Yeah, and for you to even say that that they're not in the same class, it just makes me more so believe that he put but, him on his own but, team. But on his own team, that's, that's much. And now, no, no, okay, you know, I'm not even James Harden. I'm just saying the reason I bring up James Harden is we've been spoiled, especially as Houston fans, seeing a guy come from a different team. And explode the way he has. That pretty much never happens. It just doesn't. So people are saying, oh, he can just be like James Harden. I'm like, well, wait. James Harden is an anomaly. He's not something that you see all the time. Right. And I think if Klay Thompson went to his own team, would he be a guy leading his team to the playoffs? I'm not betting on that. Well, I don't think he would necessarily have his own team. I think he might be there with someone else. Let's say you, you pair him with a John Wall. Or you pair him with a Kyrie Irving or something like that. Just on another team where Okay, if you say if you say it like that, obviously because I, I, I think he's I do agree that he's way better yeah, I don't, I don't than think, the Bradley Bills and yeah. the CJ McCullums of the world. Exactly. I mean he's he's a notch above them for a fact. Yeah. And I think that if you pair him with another point guard, which is what would happen, if he decides to leave and go to LA, he's gonna be there with Lonzo Ball. He's still gonna be just as good, but now more of the focus will be on him instead of KD and a Steph Curry. Yeah. But um the boy is the boy is legit. Yeah, he's I good. mean, he's Clay Thompson is good. Um his, his jump shot is is those are the splash brothers for real. Are you done? I'm I'm done. <laughs> I'm done. Are you done? I'm done. I'm definitely done. But um yeah. So, sticking with the NBA, we are about to give our top 5 NBA teams in the league so far. This is the top five presented by the new channel sports podcast. All right. So this is kind of like our power rankings. All right. Okay. To start the season. Um, I don't have my teams in any particular order. Okay. Um, I'm, I guess I'll put them in order. Uh, my number five team right now in the league would have to be the Pelicans. That's number five. Okay. Anthony Davis is playing his his butt off. Um, he has, you know, MVP conversations right now to start the season. Um, that team with um, what's that point guard's name they have right now? Also, we talk about this off the uh, Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton. He's also playing well. Um, the addition of Julius Randle as well. That team is playing really good. Uh, they're going to be tough to beat come playoff time. We talked about this before. Anthony Davis has to stay healthy. That's the only chance they have. But if he does stay healthy, right now I have them as a top five team. For me, uh, top five teams is Warriors, 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 Warriors. I mean, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what are you going to do? That's not but, fair, bro. Come on, but, man. But, I mean, if I had to pick a, a, a five team, for me, number five, and let me be clear how I'm doing my rankings. I'm gonna okay. Make sure, okay. make sure we're on the same page. Okay. I'm doing power rankings based off of where we thought they would be coming into the season, right? And the way they're playing now. Okay. So my number five are, is the Boston Celtics. Hmm. They're the number five for me because they play some tough competition so far in the season. They're going to have some games where they're going to have like maybe 20, 30 plus game stretches where they're not playing very many good teams because they played most of the good teams in the Eastern Conference already. They played the Sixers already, played the Raptors already. So they've already played uh, good, good teams and they still have a good record. 
Um, they are who we thought they were, and they are, you already know what I said about Jason Tatum. I wasn't as big as you and Trey maybe were coming into the season, but he's obviously really good. Right. So they're number five for me. Okay. Uh, number five, I have the Denver Nuggets. They just beat the Pelicans the other night, 116-111. to 111. Um, Their backcourt has you know kind of stepped it up. Um, uh, Jokic. I can't say enough the about Joker. Joker. I mean, he's he's really good. He's coming to his own. Um, he's turned to a star in this league. Um, the Denver Nuggets. I think I want to say they were my one of my surprise teams coming in. Um, do I think they can keep this up for the rest of the season? I don't know. But right now, I have to put them as far as like a power ranking. Yeah. They're number four for me. The Denver Nuggets. Hey man, my number four, and, and you'll notice that I have an Eastern Conference love here. My number four are the Detroit. <laughs> Basketball, the Pistons, man. You got to give some love to uh, Blake Griffin. You got to show him some love. Hey, look. You know, hey. you know how I feel about. Hey, Blake. You can feel about how you but feel you know, about. Even him. though I feel the way I feel about him, he has been playing his his butt off. This but let year. me tell you why I have them there. It's really Dwayne Casey. Mm-hmm. You know, I like him oh. as a coach. I really like him as a coach. Dwayne Casey's trying to prove something. Oh yeah, I would love to see. <laughs> I would love to see. There's a couple of matches I would love to see in the playoffs. The Detroit Pistons versus the Toronto Raptors is definitely one of them. Yes, that's a that's a storyline there. Toronto gets rid of Dwayne Casey. He was the coach of the year. They got rid of him. Now he's in uh, Detroit. I would love to see that as a playoff uh, matchup. Yeah. So for me, my number four is Detroit. And I had, I know we don't, y'all don't like doing this, but I had a split number four. No problem. No with problem. The Nuggets. No problem. So Detroit and the Nuggets were my number four. I didn't want to kick off my number five team. So I decided with the Celtics because I didn't think it would be right not to have them on the list. So I put the Nuggets and then the Pistons in the same, um, not the Pistons. Uh, yeah, Nuggets and the Pistons in the same boat. Because I didn't expect such a hot start from those teams, but their big men are carrying them, and they're both big men who I think who can carry them for the length of the season. Yeah. So I'm, I'm both of those teams are really good. Now, let me let me revise them a little bit. I have Boston tied. So you want to do ties? Okay. I have now Boston. Come back. I have I have okay. Boston tied okay. with the, the Pelicans number five. I don't want to leave Boston out there because I still think they're a, a, a darn good team. But at number three, man, this is tough. I'm gonna pick. The Milwaukee Bucks at number three. Yeah. Um, Giannis is Giannis. Um, Middleton is also playing well. As, uh, also, um, that's a very, very good team. Uh, they beat Toronto the other night. Both of them didn't have their star players. Kawhi didn't play and Giannis didn't play. And they were able to beat them. I think that's a big deal for, for the Bucks. Uh, they're the only undefeated team left in the NBA. Um, so that's kind of the reason why I maybe want to put them up there. But uh, I had it at number three right now. Yeah, I had the same thing. Uh, the Bucks look good, but Giannis looks good. Mm-hmm. Giannis was real good, but I like their coach, uh, Mike. I think his name is Buddenholzer. Mm-hmm. He came from the Hawks. Right. Remember when the Hawks were overachieving? And really, he came from the Spurs. Right. From that organization. He knows how to use his star players. And they're going to be good all year. And you always talk about this in the, uh, in, during the offseason when we talk about the uh, Eastern Conference. And you were, you were adamant. You said Giannis Antetokounmpo was the best player mm-hmm. in the Eastern Conference. Mm-hmm. I still disagree with you. But he's uh, making a case. He's making a big case He's right making now. a case. He's making an MVP case so yes, far sir. this season. Yes, sir. I don't think he can quite keep up these numbers, but you, what he, he can't. Hey, man. I mean, so his, his numbers right now are a little ridiculous. Yeah. The Greek freak. He is <laughs> definitely the Greek freak. But the reason why I really like what they're doing is Mike Buttonholzer comes from that Spurs system. So their days were like, look, we're going to rest our guy. Like, I don't care how good we're playing because his goal is to win the playoffs. Right. And I love that. The fans may hate it, but when the goals are winning the playoffs, shout out to James Harden. I'm like, I play every game. Now look at you, homie. You play too much. <laughs> like you don't. Like some days you want to take a night off. 
Just right. not when I'm buying tickets. But other than that, take a night off. When you ha- and you already have a good run. Take a night off. Rest your star players and make sure they're ready to go when it really matters. Right. So uh, my number two team is the reason why Giannis is right now not the best player in the Eastern Conference. Um, the Toronto Raptors with Kawhi Leonard out there, they have been playing their bus off as well. And Kawhi Leonard is showing everybody why he was considered the number one or two best player in the league, you know, a couple of years back. People yeah. forgot. I don't know how they forgot because he was hurt and he went through all the drama with the Spurs. But now he's back. He's leading that team, Toronto Raptors. Uh, man, it's, it's really hard to to look at that team right now and, and see them having a, a meltdown in the playoffs. I think that with um, um, Lowry there um, and, and Leonard there, and even Serge Ibaka is, is playing really, really well. I think he was the leading scorer on that team, the, the, the game they lost against the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah. But I definitely had that number two in the league right now, and um, it's going to be very, very hard to be throwing them in the Eastern Conference. But that Eastern Conference, you know, you got you got Toronto, you got the Milwaukee Bucks, you still got the 76ers, and you got the Boston Celtics. Yeah. Those are basically the top four teams in the Eastern Conference. You know, I'm not sold on any four of those teams yet. Yeah. But Toronto is definitely in the forefront. For me, the number two is as much as I play around, it's kind of a joke. I put the Warriors at number two. What? Okay, just wait. Calm down. Obviously, the Warriors are number one. Let's end this but podcast. Power, but you got to look. Power rankings. So, for a long time last season, there was a stretch of the season where the Rockets were ranking number one in power rankings, but we all knew who the best team was, right? The Warriors are number two for now because I'm, I'm looking at their schedule and they ain't played nobody yet, bro. They ain't really played nobody. They scored 92 points in a half. <laughs> look. They scored look, 92 points um, in one half. First of all, we're doing power rankings right now, all right? We're doing power rankings. And based off of who Toronto has played this season, and the way they played when they played... Okay, listen. They played Boston. They didn't beat the brakes out of Boston, but they beat them soundly, okay? They played Washington, who is just beyond disappointing to me right now. But they played a hot Charlotte team. Charlotte came into that game... I think they're 3-1 when they came into that game. With Kemba Walker going crazy, and they shut that down real quick. <laughs> they shut that down. And then who else did they play? They played a good Minnesota team. They beat them good. And then they played Milwaukee last night. They lost to Milwaukee. I understand that. But my boy didn't play. Mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard didn't play. And right now, they have the, Kawhi Leonard, the, the, you said Milwaukee. They lost to Milwaukee. But they Kawhi lost to Milwaukee. Okay, Kawhi okay. Leonard didn't play. So I'm right. like, I don't really count that. I, I haven't counted that, me, myself. And they're playing the Sixers. They beat the brakes off of Sixers, which I think they very well can. I mean, they played the best teams in the East. And won all the games. Got to show them some love. Based off the power rankings, who they played this season, showing some love to Toronto. To the six. <laughs> hey, man. Um, you're smoking something, okay, bro? The, the, the Golden State Warriors are the best team in the league right now. I'm not even at arguing that, at one, they're, they're, they're in the power rankings. Okay, what kind of rankings do you want to say? <laughs> they're number one, bro. When you're arguably your third best player on your team scores 52 points in one half, you score 92 hey, look, points. Look, look, look. It, it, it you gonna half. catch something with you doing today? <laughs> you just, yeah. hey man, they're they are the number one team right now in the NBA, and bruh, it's not even close. I don't care who Toronto beats. Toronto can beat the Harlem Globetrotters for all I care. Uh, let me just say this though: the last time we saw Kawhi Leonard fully healthy, 
They were they they they, they gave the Ghost State Warriors off the Ghost State Warriors, but that was to say Ghost State Warriors <laughs> team. It wasn't. That was not to say Ghost State Warriors team. Yeah. And Kawhi Leonard is not playing with the San Antonio Spurs. He's playing with the Toronto Raptors and Kyle Lowry. Right. And then he, and that will be a matchup that will be a finals matchup. I just that's the only way that he could beat them and win a championship. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I have Golden State number one. Don't get me wrong. I understand what you're saying. Um, if you look at the strength of schedule, that's where the power rankings is. That's fine. But if Golden State came into the season as the number one team, I don't nothing. think they've done nothing to say and, they're and, still and that's, number that's one team. That's why I'm showing love to the six. I'm saying that it's not that Golden State done anything wrong. It's more than what the Raptors have done. Let's let's be real. When they had made the trade, we talked about some real risk. So mm-hmm. far, there's Kawhi Leonard is as good. He is looking like the second best player in the NBA. Well, most a lot of people had him prior to his injury. A lot of people had him over Kevin Durant. Right. He's looking just like that. Yeah. I can agree with that. Um, I want to give San Antonio a little bit of love, too. They've actually kind of bounced back. They're four and two right now, right? <laughs> yeah. Come on now. <laughs> What's the thing you do? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they're they're four and two. Uh, DeMar DeRozan is kind of starting to now, you know, find his place there yeah. in San Antonio. Um, Trey always has said that's a scary team. They, they might be a little bit scary, bro. You know, going into it, um, you know, the, the Western Conference in general is, you know, Golden State is there. They're the cream of the crop. But let's say somebody's going to be on the outside looking in. A good team yeah. is going to be outside looking in. Whether it's LeBron, the Lakers, Harden and the Rockets, dare I say, because they haven't shown me anything that makes them playoff contenders right now. I'm pretty sure they will make the playoffs. And they can find a way to gel and get everything together. They will be a very dangerous team. But this season so far feels like the year where they went to the conference finals and then they came back and were 41 and 41 and they made the playoffs on the last day. Mm. That record won't work this season, but I'm saying it has that feel to it. It has that feel to it. But it, if that were to happen, then you would look at it in a way like the window was there. And they missed out on opportunity. I mean, I think any true Rocket fan knows the window was there, and they they blew it. Definitely, they definitely. I mean, blew it. they're gonna need uh, a miracle for them to get back to that type of position. Yeah, Let's just be real. No, no doubt, no doubt. Do I still believe that it is a chance? Yes, of course. And maybe it's a little bit of the Homer talking yeah. into me, but I still think there's an opportunity uh, if they give up these first, just four first round draft picks and get Jimmy Butler. Maybe there's a shot there. I mean, there's a shot. You still, but the, initially, when that trade was um, talked about, I thought, okay, if they get Jimmy Butler, they definitely had a chance. They might even be better than the Golden State Warriors. That yeah. was a thought. Yeah. Now, if they get them, I still don't think they're better than the Golden State well, Warriors. Well, I don't either, but Jimmy so far this season, the real Jimmy Butler, is <laughs> killing it. He is killing it. Last night, he had, what, five three-pointers in the fourth quarter to upset LeBronzo's squad? I mean, uh-huh. if the Rockets were able to get him, with the picks, I know we talked about this before, but they're able to get him and not give up Eric Gordon. I think Aaron Gordon is mandatory in the this trade. Is the thing. Now. This is the thing. If you're the Rockets, or really, if you're the Timberwolves, you got to come on now. You're not going to get four first round picks anywhere. Eric Gordon. Anywhere. So I think the Rockets are the team that leaked it. I think once Halloween comes, the trade happens. You think so? Oh, yeah. I think it I, happens. I, I'm, I'm almost under the impression now that he's not going to get traded. 
I think if they wanted to trade him, they would have traded him by now. If not, the Rockets. So to I, the I, Heat. I, I think they're waiting. I think they're waiting for October thirty first when Brandon Knight and Marquise Chris are available to be traded, mm-hmm. and it gets and then done. it gets done. It gets done. I don't think Daryl Moore's budget. He ain't giving you Eric Gordon. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're able to get Jimmy Butler alongside with James Harden and Chris Paul in the starting lineup with Tucker and Capella, that starting lineup is good enough to play the little switchy defense I like to play. And you finally get Carmelo back to where he needs to be. But somebody needs to put an APB on Eric Gordon's shot. That yeah. player cannot shoot the season. He can't find the basket. No, he's had some stints last year where he was off. He has. But I understand that. But this this is a new season. We're talking yeah. about last season right, 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 right. He looks He looks bad right yeah, now. He looks bad right now. But he's a, he's definitely a shooter. All shooters go through some slumps. I, I expect him to find his groove again at some point in the season. Yeah. And him to be the Eric Gordon that we saw last year. Yeah, Eric Gordon was a very pivotal um, piece last year. If you talk about Eric Gordon leaving as opposed to Trevor Ariza, yeah. then all that talk about them getting worse, I believe it. Yeah. Um, but but now we hasn't improved anything. Right now, people are saying, "See, we, Trevor Ariza's not there." And, and the Rockets, well, the, the Rockets had a weird start to the season. They haven't really played together well because they haven't had the players to play. Uh, so I would say in the next ten games, we'll know. They still look if they still stink at the next ten games, and that's probably who they are. Yeah, but I mean that first game of the season. I expected them to play well together. They played absolutely no defense against yeah. the Pelicans, and that was pretty much a telltale for me. For me, it was telltale, but it was also a statement for the Pelicans. And look, Anthony, right. Anthony Davis is one of statistically one of the best opening day players in NBA history. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I'm okay with him going off. But they scored 130-something points. Well, the Rockets can't hold nobody right now. But they their can't. defense wasn't that bad last year. Their defense is worse this year than okay. it was last year. So Jeff Bizdelic, he leaves. Rumor is Jeff Bizdelic tells the Rockets, yo, if Carmelo Anthony comes here, I'm not coaching this cat again. I ain't doing it. I'm not doing it. And instead of coaching this cat, <laughs> this dude retired. Because <laughs> Melo can't play D. Can you imagine that? You're doing your love. And you have to retire because of Carmelo Anthony? Is, I don't that, know is, that, a, is that true? Well, it's a rumor, bro. Okay. But I'm just saying, is it a coincidence that once Carmelo comes, he wasn't talking about retiring last season. After last season, he was talking about we had a great run. Let's go get it. And all of a sudden, he's retiring. Hey, man. There's, there's a lot of things that happen within sports in general, in leagues. Yeah. you like, is that true? Is that what really happened? I don't know if it happened or not, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the truth. Yeah. Because in sports, I think I've been the most heated because of sports. Yeah. You know, playing basketball with someone, it just, the competition's there. You got the testosterone going and everything. It's no different than the NBA. And these guys are getting paid millions and millions of dollars. Exactly. You know, so, hey, it could be true. could not be true. But right now, so far this season, the Carmelo experiment is not working out. Yeah. It's just not. It's an F right It's now. an F right now. So, yeah. we want to grade that. It's definitely an F. Whew. All right. Pretty good, huh? I'm good. I'm good, too, man. Hey, man, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, please subscribe. Please follow us. If you want to subscribe on our website, that's newchannelsports.com. If you want to follow us, go to Podbeam. That's newchannelsports.podbeam.com. And that's new channel spelled N-U-C-H-A-N-N-E-L. Go Rockets. Go Texans. Never settle. I know the Astros didn't make it this year, but it's always next year. And I just want to say, if you're a Warriors fan, this isn't a typical Warriors podcast, but if O'Enya has impregnated you today, I just want to let you know that Trey Day will be back and that won't happen again. Why do you got to do that, bro? <laughs> 
Thanks for listening to the new Channel Sports Podcast. Leave comments. Please rate the podcast with five stars and don't forget to subscribe.